Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Whatsoever Things podcast. Today, the guys will be discussing, while kids are playing in the background, the Trinity. Josh launches into a master class of Trinity doctrine. They even discuss Trinity analogies. It's a great episode, so stay tuned. Here we go. Well, hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Whatsoever Things podcast, a podcast designed to stimulate your mind, tickle your funny bone, and encourage your faith. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Welcome to the Whatsoever Things Podcast. I am the de facto host, Mike Rumor. Joining me at this time of deep discussion, served with a side of shenanigans, is Thomas Hickman and Josh Hamlin. Uh, We have... Pastor Daniel behind the sound equipment as the producer and may be heard from time to time. Uh, Let me start with some disclaimers with this new podcast we're trying to kick off the ground. First, this podcast show is for digital content and not the official podcast for Oxford Assembly of God. This show will be heard on the church's podcast page along with other digital content released as a form of podcast. We will make our best effort to not say any names unless we have the specific approval of head of time. If you have any questions or complaints, please email us at daniel at oxfordag.org. And if you like us, let us know. Future show topics are welcome. Thank you. As, as this is our second podcast, and we're working with the very talented Pastor Daniel, and any time he can provide us. You may hear kids in the background from time to time, and that's because <laughs> there's kids in the background. <laughs> and and we, we record this as we can and whatever means and whatever location and how we can do it. All right. So, um, it's been a week since our last try at podcasting. Turns out a week's a long time. It is. is. I have a lot to say. (laughs) You know, they say women have to say like 10,000 words a day and men have to say 4,000 words a day. I think it's 30,000 and 10,000. Oh, okay. Well, I uh, hope I don't say 10,000 words in the day. I don't say near that mm. much, but when you're thinking of stuff for a podcast, I, I think I could talk 30,000 words a day. So um, <clears throat> so what we're going to discuss this week, this will be sort of maybe podcast number two or the official intro, however. Hmm. Um, when we were leading going into last week's podcast, I had a discussion with a, a seasoned Christian in about they asked me a question about the Trinity, and they asked me if I thought my beliefs in the Trinity are each or God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus working are they separate, acting separately? You asking me? Or are they triune? Are they all? Are they the same, acting as God, as Jesus and the Holy Spirit? And so, I thought that was an interesting question. And I, I kind of, the first thing that came to my mind is I answered, I think they're all the, I believe they're all the same, working as different beings, but they are God. And immediately came to my mind was the song we used to sing, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, God in, in early in the morning, but then it says God in three persons, blessed Trinity. But that's kind of like my answer. My answer was like, I just always believe they were one did and that you, song kind of backed me up so did you sing i have the a song? hymn like did you say hold on this is no i, I did not <laughs> no i did not and so I, i've been chewing on that and i chewing on that and trying to find podcasts that deal with it 
to answer it. But when I did a little bit of research, quickly Googled it, I was amazed to find like how divisive this is Yeah. in church. And so obviously we're just here to talk and just talk. We're not theologians. We're not pastors. We do have a pastor sitting behind the soundboard, but... He refuses to get a mic and speak. Yes. So. <laughs> but I think this is a really good question, a really good topic to talk about on, on our points of, from our different points of view. And so uh, there is, you have theologians, Josh, Damn. John Edwards, who oh, did a John lot Edwards. of study on it. And you had um, the actual hymn I looked it up was written and it was to be sung on Trinity Sunday. Hmm based off the book of Revelations, where they believed that it is a triune God. God is the Holy Spirit. Trinity God is Sunday? Yes, this is back in the that. old English days. <laughs> huh. So, I've never heard so, of Trinity Sunday. Amongst other things we're open to discuss, I thought we could start by talking about the triune God and what you believe or why you believe or uh, yeah, you told me that uh, about the conversation you had, and you said, Josh, let's do this for the podcast. I'm like, oh, okay, great. The most difficult subject in all in Christendom. Sure, we'll take a stab at it. Three guys who don't know anything. So uh, along that line... <laughs> that and sounds I, I, like a show title. <laughs> along the, that line, I want to say, so when I was doing a little bit of research the other day, uh, this came across, and I, I really liked it. it. said, if you try to explain the Trinity, you will lose your mind. But if you deny it, you will lose your soul. It took me a while thinking about that, like, I don't know, maybe fully understand it. It's, it's, in some circles, it's heresy. It's, it's almost <laughs> the, it's the way I, the way I read into it was besides, if, if Jesus did not raise from the dead, then it's for not. If, yeah. if the Trinity is mm. not God, yeah. it's almost, that's like number two. Like, yeah. if, if that doesn't happen, mm. then everything is. So you're right. I think the resurrection of Christ is the center of Christianity. From there, you can go on. You know, if if a guy came back from the dead and he said he did it under his own authority, I mean, you should listen to what that guy said. And that guy happened to quote the Old Testament, so you should read the Old Testament. You know, and his followers happened to write some stuff, so you should read what the followers wrote. Like that's the resurrection from the dead is the center of yes, all of that. Definitely. But um, the Trinity, man, that's this. You do have to tread lightly here. If you say it's important because it's it's fundamental. I think in the Assemblies of God, it's one of the fun, four fundamental truths of the Assemblies of God. Is that right, Daniel? And it is important, but... Daniel shook his head yes, for those that can't see. It's also it's also not anything explicitly that Jesus taught. He didn't teach about his nature in that way. As, as a trinity, he didn't. Um, Paul didn't explicitly teach it. It's something that the New Testament as a whole, if you take a step back, you have Jesus making these statements and the apostles making these statements, and how do you make sense of this whole thing as a big picture? And that is where the Trinity comes from. That is where it, it is. So in the other sense, you could say, I, you know, I always like to use the thief on the cross um, example of what you need. <laughs> and the thief on the cross, he said, you know, remember me when you're in your kingdom. He's talking to Jesus. And Jesus said, wait, first you have to articulate the Trinity. Did you, uh, did you articulate the Trinity? Because you need to do that before you can come into my kingdom. <laughs> you know, and so in that sense, it's not so important. He, you have to recognize who Jesus is, the Messiah and the Son of God. But in another sense, it is fundamental to the Christian belief. I mean, there's nothing like it anywhere. It's thought of and it's discussed. Francis Chan wrote a book about the Holy Spirit as the forgotten 
member of the Trinity. Yes, yeah. member of the Trinity. Yeah, well, I read a book, or we did it in Sunday school. Um, what was it? Pentecost Lost. What was that lady's name? Holland? Patrick Pat Holland, I think? She, she drops the the from Holy Spirit. She says, Holy Spirit, or precious Holy Spirit. Because that's a person, the Holy right. Spirit. doesn't sound like a person. But yeah, he's a person too. And I think some of my background also, you know, I say that him, but also from the, my Catholic faith growing up, they were, the Trinity was one. I, I kind of remember not much out of parochial Sunday school, but that was kind of emphasized. And so, and then that him, I, when I started coming to Assembly of God, kind of backed it up. God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we're not going <laughs> to come out of this with a... Yeah, I know. A decision. We're, we're not putting it on trial. You can't prove anything. We're, we're just... So... I mean, it goes from as basic on in Genesis when when God says uh, in Genesis one twenty six, then God said, "Let us make man in our image." Mm-hmm. That's a pretty basic way to look at it, or not? And that's basic, but pretty early on in the book of Genesis, it says, uh, "You know, let uh, us make man." Well, it was God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I think from the outside, people from the outside looking at Christians believing in this idea of the Trinity. It's a little strange, and I think um, sometimes, uh, not even sometimes, you hear it all the time, um, people will, well, well, there's that um, Beatles song, you know, um, what is that, Come Together, you ever heard that yeah. song? Mm-hmm. He goes, one and one and one is three, got to be good looking because he's so hard to see. Mm-hmm. I don't know what yeah. he was talking about there, but there's some people said, hey, that's a shot at the Trinity and a shot at Christians because you Christians add up one plus one plus one, and somehow you you equal one. one. We we ain't doing addition, baby. We're doing <laughs> <Yeah>. multiplication. <laughs> yeah, one times one times one. And it's funny. One. <laughs> it's funny how they always do that. One plus one plus one that equals three. That doesn't equal one. You guys have built this whole foundation on something that is a contradiction. And it's like, come on, man. The, some of the greatest minds who have gone through the centuries have talked about this trinity. You think they're going to follow a contradiction? It would have that idea would have died a long time ago. The reason it's not a contradiction because they were worried what the New Testament gave could have been looked like a contradiction. It was apparent. So all the all the trinity is, and and another thing is, we can't make it more than what it is either. All it is is when you read the scriptures you come to this conclusion. If you had a piece of paper and you drew a line down the middle of it vertically, and on one side at the top you write God, and on the other side at the top you write person, and you divide that paper twice horizontally, and you have the Father at the top, Jesus in the middle, and Holy Spirit at the bottom. And as you read through the scriptures, every time the Father's mentioned as a person, you put a check mark in the person column. And every time he's mentioned as God, you put a check mark in the God column. With the Father, it's easy. It's almost every time. Mm-hmm. Jesus, you get to Jesus, obviously a person, no problem there. And then there's some statements that make it seem, not even seem, it's pretty clear mm-hmm. he's identifying himself as God. Yes, yes. And so there's a check Matthew, mark. Yes. There's a check mark in the God column. Mm-hmm. And then the Holy Spirit, the same thing. You have God, check mark, that's easy. But then there's also, he's mentioned as the teacher, he's mentioned as all kinds of stuff as a person. And then you have to check mark in the person column. And you look at your piece of paper and you're like, all three of these have made these check marks. So how can we make this work? Because we have the Shemal back in Deuteronomy that says, Hero Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. God tells Moses to tell the people, 
Tell the people to say this to the every day, every day. Teach it to your kids and say this every day. If you're an Orthodox Jew, you sometime in your day, you have to say, Hero Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Like God was hammering into them, I am one God. I am one God, no matter what. And then here comes the New Testament, and we have these check marks on this piece of paper, and it's like, well, how can that be? How do we make sense of this? And so the only thing to do is to break it into categories. So in the category of essence, there is one God essentially, one essence, God. There are three people of God. So a short way to say it, (laughs) this is going to sound crazy, but a short way to say it is God is one what and three who's. He is one thing and three people. And it sounds crazy, but it's the way of putting it in categories that keeps it from being a contradiction. Because in this category, he's one, or it's one, I should say, which is weird to say. Mm -hmm. But in this category, he's three. There's three of them. Um, Also, it's interesting, when you pray, you don't pray to the one, it. You pray to a person, because you talk to a person. The essence is different than the individual. So you're either talking to the Holy Spirit, the Father, or Jesus, um, no matter what. And if in the Old Testament, when they're mentioning God speaking, it's either the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit. From the eyes of the New Testament, we look back at the Old Testament, and that's how we would see it written. Um, and this isn't even this isn't even new because even if you just took the Old Testament, we looked at the Old Testament God. We have we saw this in Sunday school Sunday. You have the the tabernacle, and you have the Holy of Holies, and God had pitched His tent and dwelt among the Israelites. And that's the holy place where God dwells. That's his presence there. Well, if you read the Old Testament, we have God sitting enthroned in heaven, and the earth is his footstool. So now we've got a problem because we've got one God, Hero Israel, Lord your God is one, and we have God sitting enthroned in heaven, and the earth is his footstool, and we have God in the Holy of Holies, but there's only one God. To make it even more complicated, David talks about how, where can I go to escape your presence, O Lord? Where can I go? If I go to the depths of Sheol, you're there. If I go to the mountaintops, you're there. So your presence is everywhere. And David is saying this under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So he's saying God's presence is everywhere. So there's the Holy of Holies that is specially holy. But just outside of the Holy of Holies, it's kind of holy too because God's presence is there too. And so he fills the whole earth. And now what do you do? So what ain't, what old rabbis would do is they say, well, we have to split this up into categories. In one sense, he sits enthroned in heaven. In another sense, he's in the Holy of Holies. And in another sense, he fills the earth and, sub, and, and fills it. And so they don't have to recognize what senses those are, those categories are, but they had to split them up into categories. Otherwise, you would have contradiction. And so they, that's what they did. And it goes on further from that. It's, it's just a way of dividing this up. It's, this is something God has revealed to us. Almost, it almost seems by accident. Like Jesus doesn't explicitly teach it, but he's talking about it. And then afterwards we look back at it and we're like, oh, look at this. This, the only way this could work is if God's nature is kind of like this. And, uh, I don't know, it's pretty neat. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit had to be active because the Bible was inspired by the Holy, the Holy Spirit. And so if you had to have the Holy Spirit in day one, and as, as that in Sunday school we learned, you know, the creation of the universe is in seven days and in a few pages and the creation of the tabernacle and the Holy Holies. And seven times, he said, and God said to Moses seven times, yeah, yes. for the tabernacle. And so, Thomas, I'd be interested to see what your reaction as, uh, maybe sort of as the youngest Christian in the room, and, and 
young and age and, and age. Young and, <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm still an old you, man. I mean, you know, when, when the, if you're saved by a, a preacher out on a campus or out on a street corner, they're, you know, they're not taking you to the sinner's prayer and then saying, you know, tell me you believe in the Trinity as one God. I mean, mm-hmm. so at what point do you, how did that concept, did you just always take it at face value? Yeah, I think I did. Um, cause it was, it wasn't until, you know, the, the other day, whenever you guys said that, whenever Mike, you said that this was, you know, you wanted to, to tackle this topic that I ever even put any thought into it at all. I just took it at face value. Yeah. It's, but yeah what do you, what do you mean? We, we, like this is something that's controversial. I was like, that's that's what it is. But how would, how is it controversial? But that's just how I was yeah. because it just that's the way. I don't know the way I grew up, always in church, whatever. You know what I mean? That it just that was what my faith was. Was this is what it is? I took it, I accepted it, never put any thought yeah. into it until the other day, and it's just been. And, and I did because <laughs> I stumbled. I mean. Uh, they weren't asking me to be uh, contentious. They were just, I think it was probably something they read, Facebook post or a prayer request or, or people that they kind of follow probably came up. So what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. I, I kind of think they act individually. And I was like, well, no, I just, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the basis of my argument. I, I think though also we should probably be clear. There is the orthodox view of the Trinity. That's what we're talking about. And that, that's what the Assemblies of God holds to. Um, but there are unorthodox views of the Trinity, and I think this is where people get offended. I think there are some people who hold to an unorthodox view, and they think that's the Trinity, and we're saying something different. And so they're going to be offended. And I just, that's why you almost got to tread lightly. It's hard to say, no, no, you're thinking of it a little wrong. And uh, they would even say, people who hold an unorthodox view would even say their view's more orthodox because it's older than Council of Nicaea, which, by the way, the, ha- the, the, the hammer was laid at the Council of Nicaea. The, Trinity, the idea of the Trinity is older than the Council of Nicaea, but at Nicaea, they said, okay, from, this, is, this is orthodoxy, everything else is heresy. So uh, get lost, guys. <laughs> and so those, those, po- those pockets of different beliefs have kind of seeped through, but... It's it's a tricky subject. I, I don't know. I mean, we could go into the history. Right. But I like how in my little bit of research, it hurt my head. Like yeah. I, you know, Josh feeds off that, and that, that helps him, you know, get through the hour. That, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to take it on face value. Like, I believe God created Earth, the universe, with, yeah. a, with, a, with, a, with a bang. He said it, and bang, it happened. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm just not going to invest time. Uh, you know, when, you, when you're working with new Christians— you know, you're encouraged to take them down the Roman road, oh, yeah, have yeah. them go through the Roman roads. And then, then it's okay. Now we got to disciple them. All right, so let's look at Timothy. Let's look at um, being disciples to these people. And this this kind of subject, which doesn't come up, and it's not one that you prepare for. It's like you said, Jesus on the on the cross with the thief. He didn't <laughs> he didn't go into the Trinity yeah. and the Triune Being. He just said, "Remember me when remember you're in my kingdom." Did, yes. <laughs> yeah. I think I think it should be stated too that God is a mystery, okay? And this is this is again something he's revealed to us in the in the grand scheme. And it's still just a hint at the mystery of God. And, and I, I feel like that's something so many people are tripped up about. Yeah, you have is, to be comfortable mystery. with mystery. Yeah, if you you're have to not be comfortable then not knowing it's going to bother you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like it I don't know. Just some people that 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 I know outside of 
you know, church, at work, whatever, they just get tripped up on it because they're like, well, you can't explain this. And it's just like, I can't. I don't know. What, I can't. I don't even know if I could potentially begin to explain my faith or why I believe, mm. but, buddy, I do. So, mm. <laughs> well, this is something that I'm sure we've probably lost a member of two of this church over time. Because um, of this podcast? <laughs> it's better not. Not because of the podcast, because of a question like this, an issue mm. like this. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and so, obviously, we're not trying to run people off or yeah. make people mad. We're just trying to get them to think and just see what. What three so, guys that go to the, uh, yeah. our church, what we think, and what, I mean, kind of our background. I think anybody can identify with where you come from, where I come from, yeah. where Thomas comes from. Mm-hmm. And, and I think most people would identify with that. I, I do think it's worth mentioning earlier when he brought up Genesis 1 there in 26, where God, you know, he, he was saying, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. But then in the very next verse, he follows it up by singling himself. So God created mankind mm-hmm. in his own image. So in one verse, he's stating our image, yeah. referencing, in my belief, the Trinity. Some, yeah. But then in the very next one, he's saying, in my image, yeah. singling himself. So we would, with with eyes of, we have we have understanding of the whole revelation through, through um, the New Testament. We can look back at that. And I agree, I think... That is something about the Trinity there. The rebuttal, though, to that with people who would disagree would say that God is using the royal we in there. And so sometimes, I guess, in royal language, you can say, we will plan to do this or we will go and do that. Um, And I guess even though it's one person saying it, Mm -hmm. they, they do that. But there's an issue with that even there because in the Bible, at least, because God are the Hebrew uses the royal we sometimes like Adonai is a is a plural and things like that. But in that case, the royal we would be used in conjunction with a verb. Let us go make. And then one one thing makes it. Um, so that doesn't happen anywhere else in the Bible. So it does kind of put a stake in that. It's like, well, if it is the royal we, it's weird that they're using it in conjunction with a verb right here. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's interesting. I think the three people in the three places, you know, the, the sitting on the throne in the Holy of Holies and filling the earth... I think, looking back with my eyes, I'm not a theologian, disclaimer, but looking back with my eyes, I'm like, well, that's obvious. Jesus is the one who pitches his tent and dwells among the Israelites. I mean, Emmanuel means God with us. Jesus pitched his human tent and dwelt with the Israelites. So, of course, that's the one in the tent. The Father's the one on the throne, and the Holy Spirit fills the air. What else is interesting in the Old Testament that would give people who disagree with the Trinity a hard time is that God shows up to Abraham as a man, eats dinner with him. They talk, they have a good time. He's a man standing there with Abraham. And remember, he talks about he's going to go destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if, if God could be a man for 30 minutes, he could certainly be a man for 30 years. There's no problem with that. Mm-hmm. And if, if you did have a problem with Jesus being a God, being God, not a God, I shouldn't say, but just being God, I'm going to get kicked out of church, man. <laughs> I'm going to mess up. I'm going to get burned at the stake. That's what we're hoping for. Well, you know. It's a secret conspiracy. We all three ganged oh. up to get you out of here. But yeah, there's there's all that stuff in the Old Testament that is, it just points to the mystery of God. There's something weird going on with God. We don't know what it is. The best we can do is put it in categories. And then in the New Testament, same thing. There's something weird going on here. Let's put it in the categories. It's something revealed mm-hmm. that we now know. Uh, let's see. I should have had notes. 
No, that's good. In the written, in 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 the Bible is inspired, divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit. He, the Holy Spirit, was at work in the Old Testament and New Testament, and so much so that the Bible is written at such a a a I say a grade level because everything's always you read on you know most people can't read beyond a fifth grade grade Maybe. level, but it is written so specific with such a specific language into the Hebrew and to the Greek that the words are plural and the meanings are plural. They're, it's always in a plural sense, right? Isn't that when you say? Well, when yeah, you... Adonai is plural, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, yeah, there's definitely... So there's a... Man, this is really getting deep. So there's a way of reading the Bible that's called authorial intent. I think it's called authorial intent hermeneutics. Does that sound right? I think so. Because he asked Pastor Daniel. <laughs> I think so. And what it is is as the author, so if Moses is writing, what did Moses mean when he wrote this? Um, but there's also the greater author, like you said, the Holy Spirit. And sometimes there's a double meaning to things that we don't know. Happens all the time. In Isaiah, Isaiah says, you know, um, this virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son. If you read Isaiah, it's clear he's talking about some girl. He, it's almost like he's pointing at some girl. This girl's going to conceive... And when she has a son, these things will come to pass. But in the New Testament, they totally say, no, 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 this is pointing to the Messiah. The virgin shall conceive and give birth. And so there was a there was there was a meaning that the Holy Spirit had on that scripture that nobody else saw. And it was revealed again by the Holy Spirit. But um, like you said, it may be, maybe the Holy Spirit had an author, author, authorial intent of that. I mean, he was there from the beginning. He wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't mm-hmm. revealed only after. Christ ascended, so and, yeah. and, and had to be foretold. He was there. I feel like we should go back into history and figure out where this came from, yes. because the word Trinity is not in the Bible, and so that trips a lot of people up, because it's an idea that comes about mm-hmm. afterwards, mm-hmm. and there's a council and all this stuff, and what's wrong with just the Bible? It's just what does the Bible say, you know? And if we read through the Bible, Jesus claims deity. He doesn't claim it directly but he does it in a way that is very clear to the Jews. It's very clear. He says, um, at one time, he tells somebody, oh, what is he? Oh, he says, before Abraham was, I am. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And God at the burning bush said, Moses says, who do I say sent me? He says, I am. The being one has sent you. Tell them that. And Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. And they took up stones to stone him. And he, st- he stops them. He says, for which of the good works from the Father do you stone me? And they said, not for a good work, but because you've made yourself equal with God. They knew exactly what he said. And Jesus was saying, my works prove my identity. If I do good works from the Father, it proves that I have the identity of being equal with with God. I am equal with God, you know? Um, And so there's so much proof that Jesus is is deity, and that's just, there's no problem. It's there. And so after the close of Revelation... You have the close of the canon as far as it goes. And then Christians are fleeing persecution for, yeah. for a while. Uh, yeah. And so they don't really have time to really settle down and read all of scriptures and come up with theological ideas of what the whole is saying. You know, because you're taking... They didn't, they didn't have the New Testament. Right. You're, the New Testament well, they church. did, but some of them didn't have all of it. And even if they did have all of it, you still have to read it all, take a step back. And what does this say as a whole to come up with this thing? And then there were guys coming along who tried making stabs at it. And um, one of them is a guy named Sibelius. And Sibelius comes up with this idea that the father... Wait, 
he's not in the book of Maccabees. No, okay. no, no. He's, I don't want you pulling so some. So I think he would be around <laughs> He would be around the 150s maybe. No, he'd be around the 200s. Sibelius would be around the 200s, maybe 250s. Yes, AD 200s. Um, and he said, the father, when God is in heaven, on his throne, he's the father. And then when he decided to come to earth, he was the son. And then, now that he's resurrected, he fills, the, he's, he fills every believer as the Holy Spirit. And so God has taken three roles, like an actor plays three mm -hmm. roles. One God, yes. one person playing the roles. So this, this is called modalism, and it gets used, and it's... Oneness, oneness and it's still used today so there's groups like oneness pentecostals still hold to modalism that's why i was talking about the unorthodox views of the trinity they would say hey that was older than the word trinity came around you know that was the original <laughs> idea there was just one guy playing different roles the problem with sibelius's idea is well there's a lot of problems jesus is in the garden of gethsemane saying lord if it be your will let this cup pass from me but not my will, but your will. <laughs> well, there's two wills going on there, you know? And, and who is Jesus talking to if he's playing the role of his son? Um, so there's a lot of issues with that. And Sibelius kind of gets rejected a little bit, but not much, really. Um, and then comes a guy named Tertullian, and Tertullian says, no, no, I think it's more something like triunity. Oh, trinity. So he actually coins the word trinity, and he actually comes up with this. Around the same time, Sibelius, later on um, in the two... The early 300s comes a guy named Arius. There's some other guys too that have some crazy ideas too. But this just these are the big three. There's Tertullian, which is Orthodox. There's Sibelius, which is oneness or modalism. And there's this guy named Arius, and he points to a scripture. I want to say it's in First John, where he it's either in First John or it's in Hebrews. But he says um, in both uh, Thomas and I both have the book of John open to read a scripture. Okay. Later I don't on, remember but, exactly okay, where it is, good. but um, he says, um, the, the father talks to the son. He says, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. And we know what begotten means. Yes. That means that's where you began. <laughs> you know, yes. you were begotten. Mm -hmm. And so they would say Jesus earned deity. He was not before. He has not been eternal, that he had become God. He was born just like a man, had become God. And that's now there's, there's this thing of, or he's like a lesser god even, but he's been promoted to like a almost a demigod kind of idea, and that's called Sabellianism, I think. And so for the longest time, Trinitarianism and Sabellianism grew up side by side, and uh, there were more people who believed Jesus was a lesser god, and that there was only the Father, and that was it. And there, that was the ma that was the majority of the church, and it was the Trinitarians were the minority, <laughs> and um, it came to a problem when um, Constantine, when Constantine um, accepted Christianity as the official religion of Rome, he's like, "What's going on? Why don't you guys agree?" He says, "We're going to get together. We're going to agree on this." And they had an argument back and forth, and there was a guy named Athanasius who was arguing for the view of the Trinity. Look, this is what best explains the gospel. This is what best explains the New Testament. This is the nature of God revealed to us. And the Arianis, Arianists would disagree. If They would say if there was a time when the Son was begotten, there was a time when the Son wasn't. And they would say this, and they would go back and forth. Ar Athanasius won the day because Athanasius was telling the correct story. And begot doesn't necessarily mean you began to exist. It kind of means 
Well, the way C.S. Lewis says is bears beget little bears, ducks beget little ducks. What God begets is God. God begets God. Oh, interesting. So, and that's where we're at. And still today, there's still Arianism. You see it in Jehovah's Witnesses, Unitarians. They're still there. There's still modalism. You see it in Oneness Pentecostals and groups like that. And so there's the orthodox view of, look, there's one essence, three people. And that's what's interesting about history, and that's why how the Catholic Church grew in such prominence was the people, the, the, the Roman plebes, or what they were, they were uneducated, they were unable to read, so you would go to the Mass and have the word read to, read yeah, to you, and that's, yeah, what, yeah. that's what most of the world at that time under the Roman rule would hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Thomas, we have the book open. Do you have a specific scripture you want to read? Uh, yeah, I had something from 1 John chapter 1, verse 14, and it doesn't necessarily bring all three into one. Um, but it's, it says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So it, it kind of brings both you know, God and the Son to one. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't reference the Spirit here, but it, it helps to build... You know this this belief in in the Trinity that we believe that it is three or in this case two, but there's still one. Mm-hmm. Let me read this scripture and then I think we'll take a break. Um, in 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 John chapter ten verse and it's going to end with verse thirty, but I'll read up to it. It's 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 the heading is the unbelief of the Jews, but at, when you start at John ten verse twenty five, this is all in red letters, so we we believe it because Jesus said it. Uh, Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hands. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Right after that, too, they want to stone him again. You know, because he's making himself equal with God again. So it's not just saying, you know, me and the Father, we're, we're like one of a kind, you know? Mm. But no, he's saying something very specific there. Okay, so we're going to come back and we're going to introduce some more Scripture just so people will take us more seriously and know that they can at least get Scripture <laughs> out of listening to this. But uh, This is Matthew 3, verses 16 and 17. This is uh, the baptism of Jesus. And as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Yeah. So you got all three in one verse. And it it reminded me during the break that um, I I was in JVQ when I was a kid. And we had, when I was doing it, you had to tell the judges if you were going to quote from the NIV or if you were going to quote from the King James. Oh, junior Bible quiz. You, they would ask you a bunch of quiz questions. Sometimes you had a quotation question. You had to quote the verse, and it had to be word for word as it reads in the Bible. So if you're reading King James, it had to be with all the yees and theys and all that stuff. And if you're NIV... That terrible. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> Josiah's in it right now. And anyways, I remember there was one question when it says, quote the verse that describes the whole the Trinity or something like that. And it was only in King James. It was the only, you had, to, you had to quote it in King James because the NIV didn't have it. And it said, I want to say it was like, man, shows my JBQ skills. I think it was First John, but I don't remember where. And uh, it says, these three testify in heaven, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. But it turns out 
all of the older manuscripts, none of them really have that. There's a few of the earlier manuscripts that had it that the the um, translators for the King James took that one and wrote went with it. And odds are it got put in. Odds are it wasn't supposed to be there. That's why the NIV left it out. But it's it's just interesting. Like you had a verse where it was like, oh, there it is. There's the Trinity right there in the verse. It says it's First John five seven. Ah oh, man, I was First John. That was close. And you had to say the verse. And you had to say it. the other verses were NIV. Yeah, but, but that you one had to say the King James. Had to say the King James because NIV didn't have that verse. That verse was dropped. But uh, I'm not anti or King James. I love actually. The older I get, the more I like the King James. It's uh, I know. I mean, so what what my the. Bible app on my phone for the King James Version says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Uh, okay, Word and the yeah, Holy Ghost. That's yeah, what, that's what this one has well, for I would have got that KGV. question wrong then. Yeah. Dang. But <laughs> I am pro King James, by the way. I, I think it's the richest of the English language translations. I'm, I've, I've got a bias. The English language has gone downhill. I've got a bias <laughs> against saying. the King James Version, but that's... We'll you like it? For, I don't like it. We'll I'll say that for right. another day. Yeah, Anyways, yeah, yeah that's another... When I got yeah. saved, I had a, that's a big, another thick... Podcast. I bought my first Bible was this thick, blue NIV study Bible. Yeah. And it just... that That's that's my Bible of choice, oh. so... So I also wanted to talk about, if you guys are cool with it, um, talk about the different analogies people make about mm-hmm. the Trinity. But let's just say again, the Trinity is one in essence. God is one in essence. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit all share the essence of God. They are all essentially God, but three in persons. And so people try to make these analogies to make make things work. I'm not, I like to make analogies sometimes, but on something like this, it's just plain. This is what it is. I don't think we even should be making analogies. Analogies can never explain something perfectly. Perfectly. It's, It's just the easiest way to make it relatable to the individual. The Sorry. one you always hear is water. Do you know? I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, steam, liquid, nice. Yeah. yeah. But the problem the... is the same molecules are steam, become water, and become ice. It's still the same water. And you're back to modalism in a way. Yep. <laughs> and then the, the other one is the egg, you know? And there's a lot like this where it's, uh, you got the yolk, the egg white, and the shell, and the three, but it's one egg. Mm-hmm. Or I've heard, you know, three in one shampoo. <laughs> You've got all three in one bottle. You got one bottle of shampoo there. But then you're well, you you're, don't say anything bad about three in one shampoo. Well, I don't use shampoo. That's why I'm bald. <laughs> I, I mean, quit during this it. whole COVID, people were stocking up on toilet paper. Pastor Daniel and I were three in one shampoo. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the problem is that is the essence problem because the yolk is not the same essence as the egg white. It's not the same as you can say. Well, it's essentially an egg. You don't look at a yolk and say that's an egg. You say it's an egg yolk. Yes. <laughs> you know. Um, well, and so the, there's the problem with that too. The analogy I have is kind of the the opposite, where it's three essence but one person. Where it's you know you take your yourself. I'll take myself as example. I'm uh, a husband, a son, and a brother. I'm one person, but I have three different roles. My role to my wife and my my parents and my sister, they're different. I, I don't interact with each one the same way. I don't have the same role to each one, but I'm still one person. Well, unfortunately, if this were the Middle Ages, we'd burn you at the stake for heresy. <laughs> <You So>. know, <laughs> I don't use that, words I can't spell. Because like that breaks down to modalism again. I'd like to hear Pastor do a message on this because... What I'd be interested to see is what analogies would he use? Would he bring in when he had cows or, you know, 
he would have some really, really quick way of yeah. just making everyone laugh and, and a quick analogy, driving to the point. Mm -hmm. And it would either do, it would probably deal with uh, running on track or cows or something like the that. The point of the analogies, though, is like you're saying, is separate categories. You have two categories here. He's th called three different things. He's one person. Those are two categories. So that's as far as the analogy goes. But if, if someone doesn't sure about that, they press that analogy further, and now they're thinking, well, God's like one person playing three roles, you know? And then you're back to modalism again. Mm -hmm. And so that's the problem with analogies. As long as you tell them, look, I'm just telling you this analogy because there's two categories. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this one's is different than this one. Um, Again, know. analogies are just the, the easiest way to to relate something. I think sometimes you know, people try to be clever though with their words. You know, yeah, you ever hear they're like you you're looking in the rear view mirror when you should have been looking in the windshield. <laughs> I'm like, what are you what's he talking There's about? a reason the rear view mirror is smaller than the windshield. You're like, what are they talking about? And Misty has to explain to me he's like, you need to forget the troubles of your past and go on optimistically into your future. I'm like, why did he just say that? <laughs> I don't know what he means. <laughs> well, the rest of us understood. Well, right. And uh Christian apologetics is a, is a really neat subject. I know, Josh, you're really big on yeah. And looking at that. I, I one time was brave enough. I was getting my windows tinted, and I was going to evangelize the guy putting the tint on the window. And, man, he chewed me up and spit me out with his atheistic. He started off with, you believe in rape? Oh yeah, yeah I just that whole that. that whole start. Uh, and I just didn't know where to go from there. Yeah, okay. But I, I'm, I'm glad that. We have Pastor Daniel and Pastor Strickland and Pastor Craig and Pastor Amanda. <laughs> you believe it or not. Talking to, about to, uh, Mary. You're talking about yes. Mary. Yeah, just to be clear. And so um, we thank you for listening to this podcast. We have some great, what we think is great, discussions coming up on Direct mission trips. Direct the Daniel. I'm not a theologian. Mission trips. Uh, Thomas and I are listening to a podcast now that we're, we're going to come in here with our chest out ready to conquer the earth, I think, when we, when we get to cover this subject. So uh, farewell for now. All right, y'all. We just want to thank you for listening today to the Whatsoever Things podcast. The Whatsoever Things podcast is just a group of guys sitting around talking about their faith, and it does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the leadership of Oxford Assembly of God. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can subscribe in whatever your favorite podcast application is. And if you'd like to find out more information about our church, you can visit our website at www.oxfordag.org. That's O-X-F-O-R-D-A-G.org. We'll see you next time.